Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. What's happening? What's going on? How are you? It is a special Wednesday night, 6 p.m. edition of Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for this week. I am your host. I am the creator of this show, the best man, the maid of honor, even the little ring bearer. I always, when I hear the term ring bearer, I think bear, like be, uh, bear like a cub, you know, like a little ursine contraption, if you will. Maybe not even a real bear, but like a mechanical bear. Kind of like Pinocchio, but a bear walking down the aisle with just a ring. Or maybe the Pokemon Ursa Ring, U-R-S-A-R-I-N-G. If you had to imagine what an Ursa Ring looked like without ever having played Pokemon Gen 2 before, what do you think it'd be? If you answered a bear with a ring on it, you would be spot on. That's a Pokemon I'd never used before in my life. I think there's a Teddy Ursa is the the first form of it, and Ursa Ring is the second form. It's kind of like a spooky, sleepy bear with some... some some dark tendencies kind of like me anyways my name is quinn and this is my show thank you for making us one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of chicago and thank you for uh the nation of pakistan for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great nation of pakistan listener discretion is advised when releasing to this program number one will occasionally some language number two this podcast is objectively Terrible. Yes, it is a Wednesday at the time of recording. Not planning to mess around with any delayed recordings or anything like that. And also recognizing it's summer. You don't want to sit here and listen to a a bloated podcast. So we're going to give it to you straight. We're going to be quick with it. We're going to talk a little. We're going to uh, finish up the conversation we started with Dial of Destiny last week. We did see it. We're going to talk Summerfest a little bit. That's why we're recording on a Wednesday here. And then we're gonna we're gonna let you shoot off uh, to whatever your next adventure is, much like Indiana Jones. Uh, the reason, of course, we're doing it this on a Wednesday is Summerfest weekend, weekend three of three of Summerfest. We are going there tomorrow, Rachel and I, and then also meeting some friends over the weekend up there, which will be a great time. This is maybe my fourth Summerfest. I'm trying to remember how many it's been. This will be the second straight year that Rachel and I have gone together and done a full weekend, uh, made a, a three-day weekend trip out of it. So we both... Uh, we both took Wednesday off, but still got roped into doing work on Wednesday, which is just, that's how it goes sometimes. And it's, I hate that about, I don't think that has anything to do with like post pandemic or work from home culture or anything. That's just kind of life in general, but you know, just where you're like, I guess if you work a job where you can like zoom in and do stuff, uh, then that's sort of what's going on uh, for both of us. I guess if you my, the, my juxtaposition is if you're like a restaurant hostess or something and you have Friday off, yeah, you're not going to get called in to work. Now, I'm not saying, hey, man, I wish I was a server at a restaurant making two eighty five living off of tips, but it is there is something so nice about just being off, you know, and being unplugged not having to like watch your clock or or watch your watch, if you will, which I wore a watch for all of two months in my life. That's about it. When I was an orientation leader, summer of 2014 for DePaul University, 
one of the requirements in order to be timely and punctual, P-U-N-C-T-U-A-L, was that you had to wear a wristwatch. So I think I just had like the cheapest little plastic wristwatch that I don't even think I bought. I think I just scrounged it up at home there in Cherry Valley and uh, wore it and have never worn a watch since. There's just nothing uh, that appealing to me about a watch. I'm not really a fashionista from an accessories perspective, although I'm always wearing hats pretty much year-round, but they're not really fashion statements. They're more functional for me. But the watch uh, the watch never caught on. The toe ring never caught on. The dorsal uh, piercings never caught on. I don't even know. Are those the things at your hips? When I think dorsal, I think of like dolphins or something but apparently dermal dermal piercings okay dermal piercings those are the well i google search dermal piercing and they can kind of go anywhere so i guess dermal referring to skin d-e-r-m the latin root there greek root who knows i don't know i i was dating semi-dated this girl in high school who had two piercings on her hips well one on each hip and that just seemed like the worst thing of all time i there i didn't it like wasn't very fashion forward in my perspective and it just seemed like it was just a disaster way to happen in terms of like catching your skin piercing on literally anything you put on it could be a shirt it could be your underwear it could be any other sort of skirt shorts pants anything like that Seemed like just one of the worst ideas of all time. But yeah, the watch never caught on. Speaking of punctual, I think we forgot this last week, and I apologize for those uh, rabid fans who, you know, everyone was kind of emailing beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. It's beantownpodcast.yahoo.com saying like, oh man, like why didn't you do this? We Where was it? We missed it. Palindrome of the day. And in response to those fans, I'll, I'll give you a punctual related palindrome of the day. It is noon, N-O-O-N. And who knows, maybe in a future episode, I was, that doesn't really make sense though. Cause I was about to say, maybe we'll do noob and, uh, it's not, it's not N O O B it's N zero zero B. That's the best way to type noob. And then brilliant mind yours truly realized right after I came up with this great idea that it's not a palindrome. Although who knows, maybe if, if Trump does the whole reelection thing and truth is kind of whatever we want it to be, maybe we could just say noob is a palindrome. And it just could be that way, which is pretty exciting. Um, let's jump into uh, Dial of Destiny here. And then I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, someone that I met, two people that I met uh, on Sunday, which uh, was just absolutely amazing. Uh, just really cool, like a total freak moment, uh, freak and geek moment, if you will, me being both the freak and the geek. Uh, but quickly, I did actually did a, a small amount of preparation for today's episode. Um, actually, more than off, I often do, I went back and listened to a portion of last week's episode because I know we were talking Dial of Destiny predictions. So I just went and listened to those. I wrote those down to see how I did. I think you're going to be pretty pleased with the results. Uh, and then we're going to talk Summerfest a little bit, just a preview of what's going on this weekend and uh, a little Summerfest trivia to wrap things up today. Goal is like 25-ish minutes, something like that, which is about where we were last week, which I think is a nice, comfortable summer length. You know, it's kind of like going to work in the summer. You don't have to always get crazy with what you wear. You don't have to wear a wristwatch or a, a dorsal piercing. 
you can sort of just do a polo and and khakis which look i i sort of pretty much do that a uh, year round at this point but i think pre-pandemic i was i wasn't like wearing a tie to work every day but it was pretty much definitely a long sleeve button-down shirt the big one for me tucked into the pants i almost never tuck in anymore if i look if i'm wearing like a standard classic long sleeve button down dress shirt then yeah i'll tuck it in but um and if you know we have any events or anything like that then definitely but just your average day where i like don't really have in-person meetings or it's just like a our little four-person staff meeting or just one-on-one with my boss like i'm going on tuck all the way whether it's a polo or a short sleeve button down or the best honestly is when you get to the winter because you can just throw on whatever you know bottom khakis you want and then just a little white T-shirt, and then just like the quarter zip sweater. I live for that stuff. You could you could bump it up a little bit if you wanted to go button down shirt, then the quarter zip. But there's so many times in the winter where I don't even do that because it's like, what's the point? I'm just hiding away in my little corner office all day. No one's coming to see me. I'm not going to see anyone. Um, just kind of putting your head down and doing your work. I don't need to dress up for this. So that's that's really the tops. But I went back. So I guess first things first, let's let's talk about Dial of Destiny very briefly. We're not going to do a full review or anything like that. If you're curious, hey, what happened to Beantown Podcast movie reviews? If, uh, long-time Beanheads will know or recall that that was a big part of what we did in the first year-ish of the show. Uh, year, one to two years. Just talked movies a lot, and I just watched a lot more movies. I had MoviePass back then. Back when MoviePass, here's the thing, the kids these days, they know about MoviePass because it's made its comeback in the last six months or whatever. Although I don't think it's that big of a cultural phenomenon the way it was uh, during its first go-around. The pricing now is ridiculous. You barely save any money. It's just, you know, it's obviously what they had to do from a business model perspective. But the OG movie pass, we've talked about this many times on the show before. Many fans of the show are familiar with the history of, of movie pass. But it used to be just a flat rate and you can see one movie a day. Guys, we're, it's, it was that good. Like, it's the ultimate, this is too good to be true sort of thing. And it 1,000% was. And then one day it just, it was actually kind of gradual. But it went out of business. But I think during its heyday, and it was, I'm sure it was even cheaper than this before, but I think when I was really in on it, it was like $10 a month or something, which at the time was still less, you know, we're talking like 2017, something like that, still less than the cost pretty much anywhere you wanted to go to, to see a movie. And so, yeah, in case you're thinking like, that sounds, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like way too just good to be true, I guess, the only way to put it. That was my exact sentiment. I first learned about MoviePass from my cousin's wife, um, who told me about it probably back in, like, 2016, 17, something like that. And I was like, that doesn't sound like... I had to explain it to me two or three times because I was just thinking to myself that that's impossible. There's no way that that business model is sustainable for the company. Like, you, 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 you can't just bleed all that money and have nothing happen. And lo and behold, look what happened. So we went and saw Dial of Destiny last Friday night, just like two hours after we recorded last week's show. Here are my predictions. Actually, no, I said I was going to review it real quick. So all in all, here, here's my succinct way of talking about Dial of Destiny. Indiana Jones 5, 
fifth, fifth and probably final installment in the series as we know it. It's at the very least the final Harrison Ford film. So it was the first Indiana Jones to not be directed by Steven Spielberg, although I'm sure he would like to have Kingdom of the Christian Skull back. So if memory serves me correctly, this is off the top of my head, no Googling. You have Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1980, which I love because it wasn't, everyone knows it as Indiana Jones and, Ra- and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That movie is legit just called Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I think is cool. There's not a lot of series that are like that, where it goes from, in fact, I don't know if there are any. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars in that you had Star Wars was just the original film. They have retconned it now, it's Star Wars A New Hope, but it used to just be Star Wars. And then it was, I think probably how it was labeled was Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, and so on and so forth. I think that's the labeling convention. Anyways, the sequel, Temple, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, came out in 1984. It's actually a prequel which I think a lot of casual people don't realize. The third one, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, comes out in 1989. Fourth one, Indiana Jones' Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 2008, I'm pretty sure. And then, of course, Dial of Destiny, 2023. My thing with Dial of Destiny is if you are just a casual movie person who wants to go sit in a cinema and have a great time or turn it on at home, whatever, and just like enjoy a very... Like, cookie-cutter Indiana Jones film that checks off the Indiana Jones-slash-action-adventure film boxes, you're going you're gonna to get it. And it's, you're going to have a good time for the most part. I will say this, though. Even as a casual fan, you're going to notice that, and this is kind of two things in one, the, the chase sequences get a little long and a little bit boring. They're really not that gripping or engaging the very first one which is in a flashback it's a train sequence in the alps it's pretty good it's pretty solid i was a little bit distracted by some of the cgi the de-aging the voice stuff like it, it was but i still think it was solid as the film goes on they continue to add more and more chase sequences and the one in my mind that comes out in part comes to mind in particular is when they're in morocco and this thing just keeps going and going. And the thing with the Indiana Jones is it's known for its chase sequences, which is great. But oftentimes there's usually some sort of like cartoonish action or violence happening that uh, kind of, you know, it, it's, it's entertaining at the very least, if not realistic or if it's not realistic. There's also usually some really good like comedy or humor one-liners or just physical comedy thrown in. And Dial of Destiny just didn't have that. that. There's one thing about this movie that I noticed more than almost anything else. It wasn't that funny. Um, but it wasn't like, oh, it wasn't that funny because it was so like dark and gritty and raw, like a new superhero movie or something. No, it was just kind of, it didn't really know which way to go. It was kind of stuck in the middle. So the chase sequences ended up being too long in many instances, and that led to maybe the biggest problem with the movie, or one of the biggest problems. It's like two hours and 20-some minutes, and you feel it. It is, it is bloated for sure. Um, I wouldn't quite go all the way to say that in the theater I was like looking at my wristwatch saying, oh, man, when is this thing going to be over? I still felt relatively entertained throughout the whole thing, which is good because you pay a pretty penny for it. But it was just like, man, there were so many things they could have tightened up. Um, I, it really felt like they thought, hey, if we just add more action, more adventure, 
more basically national treasure, then people are going to love it. And it's just, it was way too much. I don't know off the top of my head, obviously, the run times of the previous four films, but I can guarantee that I don't speak for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think I've only seen it once. I saw it in theaters. I don't think I ever watched it again. But the original three, which is the bar that I'm holding this to, uh, you, those are not films where you get bored at any point. Maybe if you're a little kid and you're trying to watch like Harrison Ford and Karen Allen make out in the tent or whatever, then yeah, that might be a little bit of a, a drag for you as a seven-year-old. But though, in, in hindsight, those films do not drag at all, and this one did. So I would say there's a lot of other issues, a lot of other things that I could go on and on about. I'm not going to. We don't need a full review. I will say this is a solid two stars out of four. I I think I said this to someone earlier. The lows to me aren't as low as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but it really just didn't have any moments where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Obviously, the John Williams score, fantastic. Beyond that, nothing that I thought was that interesting. So very quickly, just returning my predictions, it looked like I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven predictions, and I, I, I pretty much nailed them. So the first prediction I'll make, and uh, let's say this, spoilers, like if you don't want to know something that's going to happen in Dial of Destiny, I recognize it's only been out for a week and a half, or just a week, I guess. Like I am going to do very light spoilers because it, I, I saw the movie, okay? So if you don't want to listen, just fast forward literally two minutes and you'll be good. Uh, first one I said is that they were going to find a way to kill off or just erase Shia LaBeouf's character from the... It's just the universe. They did kill him off, uh, not on screen or anything, but in the past, um, between four and five, uh, they did kill off Shia. So that's number one. I said Karen Allen of a very small role. Yeah, she's literally in it for the last 30 to 45 seconds of the film. It's a nice, charming scene. It's a callback to Raiders, but um, not interesting at all to me personally. And that ending just in general was such a, I'm not talking just the third act, which, oh gosh, we could do a whole other thing that I hated about that. But just the last scene, last sequence, oh man, what a just, what a snoozer. I really hated it. Um, I said Fleabag will be superficial. You'll be unsure of her allegiance at the beginning. I think I nailed that one. Uh, you were definitely, she was a, she was a sleaze bag. Uh, for pretty much most of the film, she didn't have like a big redemption, I thought. Not super likable. I don't think you ever really viewed her as a villain, but uh, it was just kind of, uh, the whole character didn't work for me personally. Um, I said Mads Mikkelsen will, will die. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a check down pass. He's the main villain. The main villains have always died in Indiana Jones films, and this was no different. Although, easily, out of the five main Indiana Jones villains, by far the worst death. One of the many problems with the third act. I'll just say this very quickly. Indiana Jones villains always get some sort of like moral comeuppance. Like their death means something. It's because they, they're hubris of science. There is a little bit of hubris in this one, but really not like it just was a terrible death. Like what a what a waste of a great actor, great performance. I said there would be callbacks to previous films. Obviously there were. Um, you don't have all of them off the top of my head, but they were small. They weren't like, it wasn't like the force awakens where they just tried to remake a new hope, but there were callbacks. And then I said, 
uh, two more. I said there would be some sort of mineshaft-like sequence. I don't really think there was. That's the one that I definitely don't think I earned any points on. And then last one, I just wrote down bugs. Um, there was one scene. It was about eight seconds worth of centipedes and millipedes. Uh, there were bugs. So there you go. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a home run hit or anything like that, but uh, bugs did occur. So there you go. Dial of Destiny. Don't think you got to spend money to see it in theaters, but see it for John Williams. Hear it for John Williams. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was just fine. I have a lot of issues, but I'm not trying to, like, bring anybody down. Let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you got to call someone who's safe, certified, someone you can trust. Call the experts at Home Pride Oregon. That's 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Ask for Steve. He'll take care of you. Um, homeprideoregon.com. Of course, Cuts by Q. When you need a fresh tooth and something snappy or new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. And our good friends, the Samson Q2U series. If you want fresh, crisp, clean, and clear audio quality, go to samson.com. I don't think they actually have a website. I don't really understand their whole thing. They're just like, Samson is a brand or a line of products that are sold, but there isn't like a samson.com. The whole thing's kind of weird. I don't know. I can't really explain it. I don't work in e-commerce. But yeah. God speaks, he uses it, Samson. And yes, we blew through the ad reads today because I promised you 25 minutes and we are running way behind here. It's going to be longer than that, but uh, no more fat, I promise. I teased this a couple minutes ago. I just did want to say, Rachel and I, uh, before going to celebrate her sister's birthday, which happy birthday to sister of the podcast, uh, Amanda, sister, future sister-in-law of the podcast, Amanda Ramos, happy birthday. Um, and shout out to my lovely fiance Rachel, who's been feeling under the weather, but it's making her comeback, and uh, she's looking lovelier than ever. We went to a Peace Peace Brewery, P I E S E, like a piece of pizza. It's a pizzeria slash brewery in Wicker Park, right on uh, North Ave, I think it's on. And we had never been there before. It was just close to where we we're going to dinner, and it was raining cats and dogs, so we were just like. We just got to post up. We got to get out of this apartment. Just, you know, have some drinks, hang out, try something new. And so we do. And we sit down. It's a it's a perfectly pleasant place to get a, a flight of beer. Uh, we just ate. We ate something. I don't remember. Oh, just some, like, chips and dip. It was pretty good. Whatever. We sit down maybe five minutes into sitting down. I just see out of the corner of my, my left eye. We're sitting maybe, I don't know, 20 feet from the bathroom, 30 feet. We're pretty close. And I see someone in a black T-shirt just walk in out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, I, it took me a couple seconds to all register it and process it in my head. But I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Tim Robinson. Uh, if you don't know, Tim Robinson was on SNL for a cup of coffee. He also wrote for them. And he now has a very, uh, <clears throat> two very successful shows. Uh, one in the past called Detroiters, which was on Comedy Central with uh, one of his good collaborators, Sam Richardson who you would know from Curb, Veep, um, a number of other kind of just small projects, but a great comedian nonetheless. And uh, and then, of course, I Think You Should Leave, which season three just came out. Uh, Sam and uh, Tim, who is has been in every season of I Think You Should Leave, uh, or, or Tim and Sam, rather. Uh, it's Tim's show. Sam plays roles in it. Um, they did a I Think You Should Leave... Wrigley Field 
Cubs collaboration on Saturday night at Wrigley. So they were there. We were not at the game, which explains what they were doing on the north side of Chicago. So um, I I see someone walk in. I'm like, I had to internalize it for a second. I'm pretty sure that's Tim Robinson, which I don't even know if I would have thought of it if I hadn't already known that they were in Chicago, but I was just like, I think that's him. Uh, and so I tell Rachel and now we're like drinking our beers, but like awkwardly watching the Batman's door, like waiting for it to open. And it does. And it's just like, yeah, it's definitely him. He's a very small guy. Um, just wearing like a super like basic black t-shirt and jeans. I think I have a picture. I can go back and look, but I was like, yeah, that's definitely him. So I like totally creeped, was following to see where he went back to sit. He sits down, um, and it's him, and there's probably, it's a big table, big long table, kind of Last Supper-ish, and there are probably like 10 to 12 people at this table, but I see him sit down, he has his back to us, but he sits down to a, a another gentleman, and I'm like, I'm 90% sure just based off of the fact who he's sitting with that that's Sam Richardson, who I just you know went through. There's a bunch of other people at this table, presumably family, because there's like not little kids, but like younger people and a couple of people that were definitely at least in high school. And so I was just like, man, that's that's crazy. I'm definitely not going to go up to him. Like he's having a nice Sunday afternoon, probably pizza and beer with like obviously friends and presumably family. Like I'm not going to be that guy that like goes up from behind, taps on his shoulder and is like, hey, can I get a picture? But I will I will wait for him and wait it out. And uh, if I have to be here all night, I will. Probably not. But um, so eventually after maybe like half an hour or something, he gets up, uh, he's getting ready to leave. And I was just like, and I wasn't sure exactly if I was going to do it or not, but I was like, I got to do this. Like I can't just tell everyone that I saw Tim Robinson at a brewery and then not go for the picture. And I was like, I was, I was definitely nervous. Cause I feel like, you know, if I was famous like him and just trying to have a chill Sunday afternoon drink with some friends and family, like, I don't know if I would want to be approached, but I will say this. He, it wasn't like a, like a paparazzi celeb kind of thing. Like everyone's going up to him and stuff. Uh, it seemed like most of the people there were either aware that he was there and didn't care or just like, had never heard of Tim Robinson before. So he got up to go. I, I went up. I said, hey, Tim, I love your stuff. Can I grab a picture? And Sa- uh, and Sam was starting to leave too. And I was just like, Sam, like likewise, I think your stuff is absolutely brilliant. And I truly believe that. Like you got to go check out their stuff, um, either Detroiters or I think you should leave. And um, they were very kind about it. Um, Sam shook my hand. I got a picture. I even woke up this morning and uh, my, my picture... <laughs> just directly ripped there was no message or anything from peace brewery but they just used my picture as a post so like i posted it on instagram as a post and then this morning they posted it which i'm not like upset about or anything i don't care but it was just like okay like yeah that was their picture so anyways it's weird to like see a picture that you initiated be on someone else's like some business's uh profile but anyways I thought that that was really cool. Um, they were nice guys. I appreciated the fact that they took a picture with me. And so here's your official uh, Beantown podcast collab slash plug. Go check out. I think you should leave season three on Netflix. Um, I think they're doing another like collab night tonight in Detroit at Comerica. So if you are in the Detroit area listening to this and you want to go maybe try to do the same thing I did, go find a brewery like 
three miles away tomorrow afternoon, and maybe Sam and Tim will just be hanging out there. All right, we're going to uh, Summerfest uh, tomorrow. It's a three-day. They do three weekends, three three-day weekends is the last one. Same th- We did the same thing last year, go up Thursday uh, night, catch some of those acts, and then just hang out there Friday, Saturday, go to the, the shows, come back Sunday morning. So some of the, the big ones that we're excited to see, and we're not going to do a full rundown here or anything, so we're, at, we're past where I wanted to be on time. But uh, some of the ones I'm really pumped about, War on Drugs, I mean, let's be real, they're probably my favorite band right now. Seen them once, we saw them in Chicago about a year and a half ago. This is a go around two for me, so they are tomorrow night. I am super pumped for that. Uh, someone else who's tomorrow that I don't I don't really know her stuff at all, other than her collab with the Postal Service, uh, but Jenny Lewis. So I don't know what time she's on at or if it's even going to be a possibility, but uh, I would love to see that if it was just like I could casually do it. A band that's going out at the same time as War on Drugs, so I will not be able to see Smash Mouth with their all-new singer. So rip there. Uh, Steve, whatever his name is, hope you're doing better than you have been the first 45 years, 50 years of your life. Uh, that's that's Thursday. That's tomorrow. Oh, also Young Gravy for the younger listeners of the Beantown Podcast. I'm not personally familiar. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, we got on um, July 7th, Friday, Tyler Hubbard, who's one of those names where it's like, I'm pretty sure that's a very famous musician that I just don't really know anything about. He's a country music star. So the country, the country folks will know him. Uh, Japanese Breakfast is the big one on Saturday. I'm excited, or Friday rather, I'm excited for. Unfortunately, they go up at the exact same time as Sticks, which is one of those where it's like, yeah, I don't really care about Sticks, but I would absolutely watch a Sticks set um, just if I had the opportunity. So I will not get to see them. But uh, Japanese Breakfast, I've never seen live. Very excited to just like soak that one up because I think she's very. Um, She's not only a great musician, but just like a great kind of all-around artist. Uh, apparently, she has a book that I haven't read yet, so I would like to read that at some point. And then Saturday, uh, we have uh, the big the big headliner that you got to pay extra for if you want to see him is Imagine Dragons, Field of Thunder. So I'm sure Rachel will want to do that. She's a big, big dragon head. Uh, the ones that we could see, Smokey Robinson, uh, who I would definitely uh, be interested in checking out. Fleet Foxes, which is basically like... If a long winter's nap was a band, I'm pumped for that. Walk the Moon, there's no time on yet. I'm sure that that one's probably going to be like the most popular out of all of these, I would think. I feel like they're just very like pop plugged in right now. And then Neo, who I don't really know, but that got some some attention when I told the friends. Uh, And then Scotty McCreary, all the the idol heads out there will be pumped. But that's at the same time as uh, Fleet Foxes, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and then apparently, I Morgan Wade is a famous person. She will be there, and I'm just now learning because there's a picture next to her that it's a, it is a she. Uh, I think I was getting her confused with Morgan Wallen, and so I was thinking that super racist, homophobic uh, country guy was going to be at Summerfest this weekend. But that's not the case. Uh, okay, we have uh, just one quick Summerfest trivia question for you. I think it's a pretty solid one. Uh, And so let's see. Do we have the year on this? Uh, Okay, it was. So my question I did did not write out. But we'll start big and we'll give you some clues as needed to narrow it down. 
Okay, in 1972 at Summerfest, this legendary comedian was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct when he walked off the stage after finishing his set at Summerfest. So this was a comedian. This was not a musician. Again, in 1972, this legendary comedian was arrested with disorderly conduct. And I will say this, it was because of his set. So there's there's your kind of big picture question. There's a little anecdote that apparently he, he was able to stall long enough on stage when he learned that he was going to be arrested to dispose of some cocaine that uh, he apparently had on him. So again, this was 1972. Okay, so your your clue, which will probably, if you didn't know it yet, because I guess that's still pretty broad, but this will give it away if you have any familiarity with the comic. The act that he performed that got him arrested is very well known, and it is called Seven Words You Can Never Say on Television. All right, so there you go. So again, uh, I don't have any more clues. We'll just give it away here in a second. But 1972, this legendary comic was arrested with disorderly conduct after walking or finishing his set and walking off the stage. And the set that he performed was called Seven Words You Can Never Say on Television. The answer is, of course, George Carlin. So there you go. There's your Beantown Podcast trivia question of the week. You can email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, it's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, letting us know how you did. Uh, that's what I got for you. We went a little bit longer than I wanted to. I apologize, but uh, sometimes you get talking about Dialogue Destiny, you just can't stop. It's kind of our destiny on the Beantown Podcast to talk longer than we thought we were going to want to talk. Uh, but there you go. There's a little early, little early uh, 4th of July Christmas present for you early Beantown podcast. It'll be another 10 days or so before we come back at you with our next installment. But there you go. It's a little midsummer break for you. I hope everyone is having a great uh, summer, a great July. I hope you didn't blow any fireworks uh, or blow any fingers off with fireworks yesterday. I was asleep by about 9.15. It was awesome and uh, pretty much slept right through all the fireworks, which was great. Uh, That's what I got for you, everyone. I hope that you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay sane. I will check in on you next time. Bye.